Welcome to Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday, October 22nd, 2021. It's Friday already. Congratulations. You made it this far. We made it this far. The world is still in one piece. My wife and I just got back. And when I say just got back, I mean got back like an hour and a half ago. And I gently scratched her head. We got back from dinner. We went out to dinner tonight. Thursday night for my wife's birthday and I don't know how often you go out for a nice meal or I don't I should set that up by saying I don't know what your diet is like at home but ours because my wife is uh, very health conscious for years has been low on the salt low on the butter and respecting the ingredients so we, we, I think we try to buy good food and not kill it with seasoning, unless I'm on that Yucateca habanero sauce, which I will put on a piece of cardboard to make delicious. As a result of this relatively salt and butter-free home diet, certainly, which uh, we've been pretty... I mean, we've, we've eaten at home more than ever during the, the, <laughs> the pandemic... When we go out to eat, it's a little jarring to the system to eat, uh, especially if you go to a, well, I don't want to say nice restaurant. You go to any restaurant, it's a lot of salt and butter. Uh, We went out to a very nice dinner, and it was a lot of fucking salt and butter. And I kind of have cotton mouth right now, so I figure I would have a little water and tequila just to cleanse the palate. We had a very nice meal. We were very swanky. We were oysters, and uh, I mean, it's the kind of place that they bring you a loaf, not a loaf, they bring you two rolls that are heavily salted and then sitting in dripping butter. And don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on salt and butter. It's delicious. It's just a bit jarring to my my libtard uh, um, digestive system. Are Republicans healthy eaters? <laughs> I'm just kidding. And I know there are Republicans who listen to the podcast because they've told me so. So anyway, it was just a it was a very rich it wasn't even that rich. It was just salt and butter on the rolls which were delicious. You know, oysters I'm not sure if I have a palate for oysters or I just like them because you put that lemon because you put lemon and then that little vinaigrette Mernier, Vinier, whatever that little sauce is you drip on the oysters. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And then I had a lobster roll. We ate at a place which was great. It it simplified things if you're the diner because every single entree was exactly $36. $36. That's where we were tonight. You know why? Because it was my wife's birthday and fuck the world. Did I remark about the prices? No. (laughs) Did I complain about the salt and the butter? No. It was my wife's evening and she might say, bullshit, you you talked about both of those things or you were going to save them for the podcast. Anyway, we had a very nice dinner and you know what interestingly happened is our server who was masked up the whole time I I had the vaguest 
slightest thought that I knew him. And, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't certain. And, and as I've said before, I see all types of people. And my wife, I said to my wife, I'm like, I think I, would you be surprised if I knew that person? And she said, no, because I, I fucking meet a lot of people and I see a lot of faces from years ago, some I see every week and, you know, kind of <laughs> register five minutes later or five minutes before the next time I see them. Anyway, I was like, do I know? And then I forgot all about it and we had a nice meal and then he came around toward the end again, still with a mask. I'm like, I think I know this fucking guy. And I said to my, I said to my wife, this man that was serving us was gay. I'm confident of that. And I wanted to say to him, I would like to ask you a question, but please don't take offense. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I, I want to ask him a question. Of, what I'm thinking is, I want to ask him a question about where he used to work, but I didn't want him to take offense. Because this place we went was really nice, and the place he used to work, I thought, was a shithole. So I didn't want to be like, oh, hey, you're working in this nice place. By the way, did you work at this Janko? So I was going to say to him, I would like to ask you a question. <laughs> it's the whitest thing, just getting into people's business, right? Like, like there were there was a table, two tables down from us. A couple sat down next to us. They were black. And I heard uh, the server say to the woman, Happy birthday. And I said to my wife, Oh shit, it's her birthday. I've had half of a drink. Let's, uh, I kind of want to do the... And my wife's like, ah, she's not, she doesn't like the spotlight, doesn't want to... She doesn't like black people. No, my wife doesn't like the spotlight and doesn't want the, you know, It's my birthday too, let's be special. That's just not her style. So she said, I don't know, maybe say something when we leave. And I'm like, that would be the creepiest thing to do, is just sit on it for an hour and 20 minutes and go, uh, good night, everyone, and by the way, it's uh, our birthday too. So we never addressed the black woman's birthday, my wife's birthday. We, we didn't do anything with that. But on the opposite side of, so there's our table, the couple next to us, and then beyond that, uh, an older white couple, even older than us, were so solicitous and friendly to the younger black couple that it seemed, uh, it almost seemed insincere. Or like, they would be able to tell themselves, you know what, we're not that bad because we talk to those people. And that's just me being a cynical asshole. So here is this server, this waiter, who I'm confident I've seen before, and in my white, he was white, in my whiteness, I was like thinking, I'm going to ask you this question, but I don't want you to be offended. But I didn't say it that way. So I just said to him, hey, thank you so much. He's, he gave us the bill. Just out of curiosity, have you been a server in, and this is, this is why somebody told me I am the most PC person they know. <laughs> a guy told me he's, he said, you're the most PC comic I know. Now, I probably have mentioned this before. He was from Arkansas. So, <laughs> he's not exactly in Provincetown or West Hollywood or any other 
liberal bastion, Austin, Texas, in this country. But he said I was the most PC person, and this is why I'm so PC. I didn't want this guy to say, to think that I was asking him about his sexuality by saying, hey, man, I'm going to ask you a question, uh, and I don't want you to get offended. <laughs> With the big curveball, it's not about you being gay, my friend. It's about the fact that you worked at the place that used to host Pizza Mike. That's right, because I said to him, so uh, thank you so much for the service. By any chance... Have you served tables, have you waited tables in other areas, in this area for a while? And then he looked, you know what he, he did, and this would be consistent with anyone who's probably ever worked at Rocky Mountain Pizza. He looked more chagrined than probably when he came out to his grandparents. He was like, yes, I, I have... And I said, I looked at my wife, I'm like, I think, I think we got one. My dog Clark is here again. Hi, Clarky, good boy. Tell him, say hello. Oh, Aaron Rodgers sucks. Tell him. So, I said to my wife, I'm, how may I help you, my friend? Say hello on the podcast, say something. I'm just handsome, dad. I'm wearing my little scream mask. All right, dude. Let me continue, please. Georgie, please come get your brother. Go. Come, go get your brother. Thank you. You want to go upstairs and wake up your sister? Oh, dude. All right. Come on, man. It's not professional podcasting. We talked about this before. Well, fuck you too, brother. <laughs> I'm trying to tell a story about how your mom and I wasted so much money tonight on dinner. Oh, sound like... <laughs> you sound like the little ships that chase Luke Skywalker. <laughs> what are they called? I know what they're called. They're called TIE Fighters. They were badass. And then remember Darth Vader had the ones... He had the one that had the sides bend in. It was like, yo, that is the fucking shit. All right, anyway, so the guy said, yes, I have served in this neighborhood for a while. What a weird question you're asking, man, who's sitting here with this cougar who's ha having a birthday. And I said, my wife, I think, I think it's the guy. And I said, oh, really? Where else have you... But I, wa I wanted to say, did you fucking work at Pizza Mike? But before I could get out, he's like, yeah, I worked over here. And then before that, he said, I worked at Rocky Mountain Pizza, Pizza, Pizza. Which, if you don't know what that is, you have not... You don't have... <laughs> you're fortunate. It's a college... It's a college bar slash pizza restaurant right next to Georgia Tech where Brian King and I ran Pizza Mike, a Sunday afternoon comedy workout, we called it, for two years from like 2017 to 2019, something like that. And it was kind of a thing. It was kind of a thing. And this guy 
worked at Pizza Mike selling like $1.25 pizza slices and 80 cent draft beer that was warm and served through taps that had have not ever been cleaned in you know 126 years or however long Georgia Tech has been there Rocky Mountain Pizza has not cleaned their taps <laughs> but it was a great place to have a comedy open mic and they were super sweet and welcoming to us until they fired us but until that moment they were so great and uh, we had a great time and this guy he went from Pizza Mike to where he is today I mean, what a come up this guy has experienced. And I can't believe that I, he wasn't even, he wasn't even all that prominent at Rocky Mountain Pizza when we were there. He would just occasionally walk through the room with a disgusted gay man's over itness. Just, ugh, these are gross comics. And he, he was, by the way, 100% right. We were not all straight. And actually, several people came out uh, at Pizza Mike. Now the dogs are fighting in this room, which is good. Take it out on each other, not the podcast. Anyway, this guy was there, and it was like, oh my god. We didn't hug, but we fist bump, and he said, I thought I recognized you, but he, he could not exactly place where he knew me from, and... Uh, what a world. It's also not the first time I've seen someone who used to bartend or wait tables at a place that had a shitty open mic. And I say that as the person who ran the shitty open mic, pizza mic, uh, level up into a nice restaurant. But I'll tell you this. If you don't eat a lot of salt and butter, it's just it's overwhelming when you go out to eat. And maybe it's the South. I don't know. Maybe it's the South. We'll see when we move back. Boys, do you want to move to Southern California? Let's go sell some plasma. That's it. So we had a nice we had a nice dinner, and uh, on the way home we were listening to the Braves Dodgers game. This is not a sports podcast, nor. Uh, nor do people who listen to podcasts or listen to comedy or watch comedy or do comedy really seem to ever be interested in sports. Except for this sport of dogfighting. Go, boys. But my wife and I are from California and we live in Atlanta, Georgia, for now. And the Braves and the Dodgers are playing for the second consecutive year, for a chance to go to the World Series. And my wife and I are rooting. My wife is rooting first for the Dodgers. I am rooting first for the Braves to lose and then for the Dodgers to win. My wife is not as, obviously, is not as much of a dick as I am. I'm rooting for the Braves to lose. And the only way that can happen, obviously, is if the Dodgers win. So, on the way home, the uh, Braves were winning 3-2, 4-2. And by the time I came down to record the podcast, it was like 9-2. And the Dodgers, I don't know, I said the Dodgers were winning, right? The Dodgers, will, I 
came down. The game was still going on. The Dodgers will win tonight, and they will be trailing in the series 3-2. So they were trailing 2-0, and then they won game three to go uh, to crawl back to 2-1. Braves won the next game, etc. And now it's 3-2, and they'll come back and play this weekend in Atlanta, which what I imagine the game will be Saturday or Sunday. Here comes another dog. If I haven't mentioned it before, the reason we, my wife grew up a California Angels fan, I grew up a San Diego Padres fan, and when we left Southern California, so I also grew up hating the Dodgers, because they were the Padres' arch rival. When we left California, we then just rooted for the California teams, no matter if they were the Giants, Dodgers, Padres, Angels, Rams, <laughs> whoever. This was when the Rams... Uh, the, the, I think the Rams were in California when we left, then they went to St. Louis, and now they're back. Does that make sense? And the, Clark, does the Rams... No, we lived... No, the Rams were still in St. Louis when we lived there. Anyway, the point is, we just root for the California teams. But if we were in California, I, we probably would be rooting for the Dodgers to lose, I would think. Anyway, what I'm trying to get into here is the relatively unhealthy desire that I have for the Braves to lose. And I think it's almost simply because, well, two reasons. One, they are the rednecks team. It's like there are tons of people I know and love that love the Braves, and it's also like MAGA country team. And I look for opportunities for you to be disappointed. Just like, you know, you, I, and that's not even it really. What it really comes down to is the Braves left Atlanta and left the city and went north to Cobb County. And being an old Generation X, can't be bought, sold, even though I'm a hypocrite and have bought in and sold out and all that. I don't like the fact that these teams leave the cities that they're supposed to be from, that they, that they, that they obtain so much cultural currency from. Right? The Braves A. The Braves logo on the jersey the Braves Atlanta it's badass and it's slick looking and that comes from the city of Atlanta that doesn't come from MAGA country it really doesn't because MAGA country you'll recall from the first 58 episodes of this podcast and this is not shitting on MAGA country they hate the fucking city of Atlanta because it's like uh, Sodom and Gomorrah so, so I really what I would like them to say is just the rest of Georgia Braves against the Dodgers, and then I would be at peace, which is just so dumb. It's so hard-headed. But that's, I, I've said it before. When I moved here, they said the stereotype of people who lived outside the city was deliverance. People who lived inside the city was Pulp Fiction. And there's some truth in both of those things. But I don't like cities that leave 
the less well-off neighborhoods for the cozy suburban confines, but still use all the branding and cultural currency of the place they came from. Are the White Sox still on the south side of Chicago? I think they are. But the White Sox would not work if they moved to fucking Joliet, Illinois, would they? I think that the people, the Southsiders of Chicago, well, they're loyal. So they'd just be like, the White Sox are my team. And if they're in Joliet, they're in Joliet. And some asshole talking on his podcast in his basement's not going to change that. Probably. And it's probably the same thing has happened with the team moving out to Cobb County. Just call them the Cobb County Braves. Is that, is, can we do that? Is that acceptable? Because then I'm okay with it. But they don't, they're literally not within the city limits of Atlanta. Just like the 49ers play 45 minutes away or whatever from San Francisco. Yet they're still called the San Francisco 49ers. What, dude? Business wins? Are you kidding me? Also, how long did we not spend any time in this country? Okay, all right. I was going to say, <laughs> talking about the revelations of the tax shelters a few weeks ago, when it's like, oh my gosh, all these heads of state, they take money from the national treasury and they put it in tax shelters. It's a comedy podcast is what this is. So this is Clark. This is a comedy podcast. Okay. As it is, people are embarrassed to listen to. So we're not going to talk about income inequality. I do think, though, I should watch Squid Game for a bit or two. I didn't see The Hunger Games. Is that what... Wasn't The Hunger Games about like poor people killing each other to get like a glass of orange juice or something? I, th- I think that's what Squid Game is. I, uh, I I do feel like I need to watch it for watch it just to have a bit just to have a little bit of a current event joke now and again because as you can tell this my I like to be a macro theme personal example I'm not I don't do a lot of jokes about that show what it means which I should do more of what I have watched though over the last week. <clears throat> is meaning like 20 minutes at an at a time before I fall asleep is the documentary they've got to have us Are you familiar with this it is about the sort of black film renaissance starting in the I think really the 50s and 60s but more like 70s um up through Spike Lee and then John Singleton and so so on and so forth. But it's really cool. It's um, To me, it starts, you know, with Sidney Poitier and uh, you know, then some of the early exploitation films. But just the explosion of black voices, <clears throat> you know, writing and producing and directing and controlling the content that began in the late 80s, or seemed to accelerate, I should say, in the late 80s, early 90s, with people like Spike Lee, John Singleton, the Hughes brothers, and 
God, I cannot believe I forgot Melvin Van Peebles. Rest in peace. Oh my God, he. Have you seen Sweet Sweetbacks? <laughs> oh my gosh, is that movie great? But I, I, I drift. It's a, it's really an interesting and well done. Lawrence Fishburne is in it. Lots of, uh, lots of strong artistic voices talking about what has happened in black cinema, essentially, which, of course, informs global cinema and the culture and all that, um, our culture and what we take from it and what we allow to, meaning what the our culture, the broader culture, allows to thrive and uh, rewards and doesn't reward. But it's called they've they've got to have us. And then finally, in trying to make this today's journey, very little about today's journey and format and my shows and Limerick and none of none of that. You know, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of furor and rhubarb about Chappelle's special, and I think it basically comes down to this: if the targets of if the target not targets the subjects of comedic material find it offensive and don't fuck with it or quote unquote get it that's a pretty strong tell that's and maybe that's I'm I'm and I'm not an edge lord anymore as <laughs> Brian Brian told me that word, edgelord. I love that word. So it's like, if someone makes a joke about an old white man that is hurtful and and mean-spirited, I'm probably going to be the best expert at that and can say, hey, that really hurt my feelings. So, I don't, it doesn't make any sense that people who belong to the communities or the trans community or the, and, and I'm, and I'm trying to elaborate or expand beyond Chappelle. Cause I'm not, I'm not talking about his special. I mean, I'm referring to it, but I'm not talking about it. If the community in question says this is bullshit, then maybe the rest of us should fucking listen to that community. Like when, on some podcast episode, back in the canon, when, uh, on the day I was going to get the second shot of the vaccine, maybe in March sometime, was the same day that that fucking asshole shot and killed all those people in these massage parlors, literally a mile away from my house. And I'm not to say that I had anything to, or it's not affecting me, I'm just saying, that's how close it was the Atlanta massage parlor killings. And what you recall me saying at the time was, I was struck by how many people that looked like me were like, this wasn't a hate crime. This had nothing to do with Asian-ness. Well, dude, I'm not sure that's exactly for me or you to say because Asian people are saying, like, we're fucking targeted. Who gives a fuck if the guy didn't come out with his manifesto and say, 
well, uh, I don't, I've never been laid, so I'm going to go to this place. It doesn't matter. If Asian people felt attacked by it, that's what matters, is those people, that population's experience. Similarly, if there is a population who feels attacked by someone's comedy act, then I think it's worth listening to that and paying attention to that. Does that not mean, does that mean that someone can't say what they think and make jokes? And no. But to, I think to, to dismiss or uh, tell people to toughen up or whatever, if you're part of a population that has been, I don't know, and I'm probably like way out of my lane, but fuck you, it's my podcast, I can say dumb shit and be out of my lane and just be the white arbiter of what is right. <laughs> <laughs> Come have some salt and butter with me. I my arteries are hardening. Yeah, that's that's my that's my real existential challenge. I get it, dude. Um, but if I'm just I'm just saying, if the population, the subject of material, says, you know, this is mean and hurtful and they're not laughing right because if they're laughing that will soften the mean and hurtful and they will know that it's meant from a place of and I'm not talking about Chappelle now I'm just thinking sort of in a uh, the crucible I guess I'm just trying to analyze it the laughter will soften the the mean-spirited or continued feeling of marginalization and attack, right? But if there's no fucking jokes in there, and it's just a lecture about whatever, and and you and it and it makes the subject, the population subject of the material, the commentary feel attacked and diminished and marginalized and endangered meaning like that it you know that population would feel like its opponents are empowered then why wouldn't we in the spirit of evolving and you know I'm such a hypocrite because if someone fucking disagrees with me or says something that I don't agree with I just put my head in the sand and I'm not like oh yes let me argue against my own case and I'm not that flexible minded but I'm just talking about like let's maybe defer to let's defer to the populations in question as opposed to <laughs> translating their experience for them 